Hey, I'm Kristen, and you're listening to Culture Shift, where culture and Christianity collide. Okay. Hey, everybody. Uh, Kristen here again. Uh, today, I have Rachel uh, Berger... I don't know how to say your last name, so I will just on. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, Rachel is a writer. She has a blog called It's a Little Different, and it's about holistic living, correct? Yeah, holistic living, a little bit of travel, everything that is not conventional in American <laughs> life, I think. <laughs> um, and you are a mom of a newly one-year-old boy. That's right. I sure am. And what else? You work at a church, I believe, right? Your church? Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm, I'm an admin at a church here in Colorado Springs, and that is its own challenge with the state of the country right now. So <laughs> you're on my toes. Okay. So as I understand it, you didn't want to have kids, correct? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's true. Pretty much for most of my life. Not that I had a bad experience or anything, but um, I would say that even though I grew up in a Christian home, just having children was not a desire of my heart. Um, and then when I, when I got married at 23, um, I knew that my husband wanted kids, but we had kind of decided we'll have them down the road. We want a few years to ourselves first. And so I kind of figured that, um, yeah, like the Lord will work this out in my heart and I'll be ready for it when it comes a few years later. Um, And that's not what happened (laughs) because then we had our son within a year of, um, of getting married. So it happened very quickly and neither of us were ready for it. (laughs) I don't think anybody is ever ready for it, regardless of how, how long they've been married. (laughs) That's what they say. <laughs> I don't have experience, but that's just what I've been told. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So how did people react when you told them that you didn't want to have kids? Is there anything you think the Christian community needs to learn in regards to young women in the church that don't want to have kids? Mm. Um, I think the reaction was a little different, like before I had Toby and then after we found out we were expecting um I mean because everyone of course is excited for you when you say that you're expecting um whereas me I was I mean I was borderline suicidal because I was so just shaken um by all of it and all the plans we had for our future and my brain were just being thrown out the window and then meanwhile everyone I see throughout the week is just like oh, we're so excited for you. You must be so happy. Um, and I had, I had maybe two or three friends that actually took the time to talk to me about it because uh, they, they were people that had known me for a while. So they kind of came up to me and said like, hey, are you doing okay? Because I, I kind of remember you saying that you didn't want this or didn't, you didn't want kids beforehand. So, um, and I appreciated that. Um, so I think that's something that we don't see enough in the Christian community is just understanding or um, a listening ear. 
and not just telling people that, oh, you should be happy about this. Um, mm -hmm. Because, I mean, life and children are a blessing. They really are, because that's how God created. He created families. But um, I was still just having a hard, a very, very hard time with it. And that's putting it lightly. <laughs> but so I think, yeah, I think we just need more people who are going to understand and not just tell me that, you know, like, well, there are women who can't even have kids. So you should be you should be happy that you're having kids. It's kind of like telling your kid that doesn't want to eat their broccoli. Well, there's kids in Africa who would love to have your food. And what do the kids say? Well, give it to them. <laughs> it's the same, same kind of thing. But I think I will say one thing. I had a friend that um, I went to her before anyone else really knew we were expecting. And I told her and, um, and she looked me in the eye and she said, I'm going to tell you something that probably no one else is going to tell you. And she put her hand on my shoulder and she said, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you didn't get the future and the story that you wanted. Wow. Just that alone from a Christian motherly figure in my life was huge. And she was a mom of seven or eight kids. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, I mean, she's, she'd been through it and she knew that kids were great. Um, but I really appreciated her responding that way. Oh, absolutely. Wow. That is so powerful. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> found out you were pregnant. How did you navigate through the grief of having an unintended pregnancy? Mm, not very well. <laughs> I'll say that I did not navigate very well. Um, I think I had been prepared for pretty much any other scenario in our life happening other than um, getting pregnant so early. I mean, I think I could have handled sickness, disease, a death in the family better than this. Um, so I think I, I kind of isolated myself from people and spent a lot of time um, just at home, no one else around. Um, I spent a lot of time grieving and um, sometimes I still have to go back to that and still like go through when I think about the things that we're missing out on or things that I want to do with my life that we can't right now, just logistically that are really hard with a one-year-old uh -huh. or, or every age he's been in between. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's just important to take time to grieve with uh -huh. whatever disappointments you have in life, even if they wouldn't be disappointing to someone else. That was me anyway. So I cried a lot. Um, my husband, Isaac, was really good and he encouraged me to spend time with friends when I was kind of just spending too much time down at the dumps. He'd say, you need to call someone or you need to go to someone's house um, because you're happier when, when you do that. So, um, yeah, so that's what I did. I just kind of had to discover my style of grieving, so uh -huh. just figure out like what, what I needed because for me it was... Um, it was facing a death for me, even though it was the start of a new life. It was the death of um, what I thought my life was going to look like now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I had all these expectations. I mean, we don't, we'd only been married, I think, three weeks before we found out we were pregnant. Wow. So, I mean, so, so me, someone who is, I mean, I saved myself for marriage. I, I didn't really date before 
Isaac either. So I, in my mind, I had been waiting my whole life for all of these things. And now my life was finally starting. We we're getting married. And just like that, everything changed and everything I thought I was going to have was gone. So it was, yeah, I had to, I had to take, I took pretty much the whole nine months <laughs> to, to grieve the death of what I thought we were going to have. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not trying to be so, I'm not trying to make um, starting a family sound so depressing, but this is just, <laughs> this is just me being really raw about what I went through. And I know yeah. I'm your average girl, but I think there are, there are other women who are starting their family before they wanted to, even if they're in um, a good situation, you know? Yeah. 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 I, I truly believe there are a lot more women who are going through similar things or have gone through similar things. Um, but it's just not something that's talked about in, the, in Christian culture. It's not like nobody ever talks about not a woman, not getting married and having kids. Cause I mean, the Bible says basically be fruitful and multiply. Right. So yeah. that's the, that's like the Christian standard. And so that's just, the expectation is that you're going to grow up, you, you know, you grow up, you get married, you have kids. That's Christian culture. That's Christian. That's typical Christian expectation. Um, One could even go so far as saying it's the stereotype, Christian stereotype. Mm -hmm. And um, anything that's not that is literally unheard of. Nobody talks about it. And I truly believe your story is going to touch so many lives and help so many women because it needs to be talked about and it needs to be talked about with not just other women who are kind of in this similar boat but it needs to be talked about with women women who want to have kids so that we can understand because I mean you and I in that realm are like totally opposite like I've wanted to get married and have kids since I was six years old like I knew that's what was going to happen with my life eventually and like eight six to eight kids for me so like totally opposite and hearing your story for me just really gives me better understanding so I thank you I thank you for being raw and honest Mm. and I honor you for being raw and honest about something that's so incredibly difficult Thank you. Thank you. That, that really means a lot. (laughs) Yeah. Um, no, I think you're right that it's not something that's talked about. If anything, what's talked about more is, um, women who want kids, but either can't or, um, have had a miscarriage. And I think that's equally as painful just in different ways. I think it's two Uh sides of the coin. It's just the disappointment of facing the opposite of what it was that you wanted. Yeah. Um, I will say that it's funny. It's the funny dynamic that we have in the church because if a woman gets pregnant before she is married or, or, you know, even worse taboo while she's in high school, (laughs) they're, you know, very young. I mean, which we know that's outside of God's, um, God's perfect covenant of marriage and that covering. 
but that is just like, oh, that's emotional and that's terrible. And everyone is very upset about it. But if you um, get pregnant before you wanted to, while you are married, well, that's, well, that's fine. Why are you upset? Yeah. (laughs) That should be fine. It's just like automatically once you get married, then that is supposed to shift in your brain, I guess. I mean, that's just kind of the general vibe I get from the church. Or maybe uh-huh. it's just from grandmas in the church. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, as soon as you get married, they're like, so when are you having kids? But um, but uh, kind of a weird thing that we encounter that I don't know if this is as common is um, because we got pregnant so soon, we, um, after we got married, we took about a month of just not going to church, not hanging out with anyone just to like get used to being married really and um and we took our honeymoon during that time so we actually found out we were pregnant before we went on our honeymoon overseas um which (laughs) made that less enjoyable than it would have been but so we're gone we we are we're married we're gone we found out we're pregnant and then we come back to church and so people don't know that this just like catastrophe has happened in our in our life really uh-huh. church and everyone's all so how's married life and you know and they don't know any better i mean yeah. i wouldn't know any better if i was in their shoes but it was it was so hard because you know i wanted to be able to come back and say it's amazing i love it i'm so happy but i was so heartbroken i couldn't hardly talk to anyone then uh-huh. And so while we were grieving and processing, we told a few of our very close friends, of course, just to have their support, but we didn't, we didn't tell anyone at church. Like we didn't announce it publicly for quite a while. And even then I wasn't, I wasn't talking about it all the time. I wasn't, I wasn't excited, obviously. And if people came to congratulate me, I'd kind of just say thanks and try and uh, worm my way out of the conversation as quickly as possible. So I didn't have to talk to anyone because I knew I was going to break down. Um, but I think because of that, from from everyone else's perspective, this young couple in church just got married. We got married fairly quickly. I think we were engaged for three or four months. And and then we're pregnant very soon, or we announced we're pregnant very soon after getting married. And the wife and the husband, but mostly the wife, is not acting like they're excited about it. So from their perspective, I could tell a lot of people were thinking, these guys were pregnant before they got married. And that was the hardest part. Um, Just because Isaac and I, we've both been very strong young adults in our church. Everyone knew us. We were very involved in ministry. And for me, I guess I just cared a lot about my reputation because I, I worked very hard to be a person of integrity and just everyone knows they can trust me. I'm going to make good decisions. I always put Jesus first in my life. And just knowing that people were assuming that about me, just kind of felt like one more nail in my coffin, so to speak. Like I'm already heartbroken. And on top of that, instead of coming to ask me about it, I know people are just assuming. Yeah. That's what happened. Not everyone. I'm not saying everyone's like that, but I know some people did. Um, mm-hmm. And I think in churches, it's very easy to gossip. <laughs> And you can cover it by calling it a prayer request or an unspoken or, um, or sometimes in churches, you just think that everyone's business is yours, especially, especially if you're middle-aged and there are, there are young people like me, a young, 
young 20 something with, um, I had no family in town. I lived, um, my parents lived in another state. So the church was my family. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. It was just, it was just a hard time. And when you're grieving, probably the worst thing you can do is isolate yourself from people. But that's, that's pretty much what I did. Cause I didn't feel like there was anyone I could really trust anymore. Yeah. Even though, even though I didn't do anything wrong. And I think that was the hardest thing that I asked God is like, I didn't do anything. I did everything right. I waited. I saved myself for marriage. I kept myself pure and we fought like we kept Jesus first in our relationship. And now this happens to me right after I got married. I just, I felt like I was being punished for something. Yeah. And, um, in my healing process, I've, I'm learning that that's not how God works, but that's how it feels sometimes. <laughs> and I think it's definitely okay to feel that, that way, but it's not all right to stay there forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You need to be in the grief, but not stay in the grief. Yeah, exactly. Like it's definitely, it's totally healthy to process. I think it's healthy to some degree to have anger towards God simply because we don't understand because ultimately he is good and he works all things for our good. And I can still say that, but again, it doesn't always feel like that, but I think, you know, God knows our humanity. Yeah. He gets it when we're confused and we're angry at him because we can't see the whole picture like he can. But Mm -hmm. I know that he is, he's totally up for working through it with us. Absolutely. I like to think it's it's okay to be angry with God. Anger is an emotion that God created. So long as we don't let that anger separate us from him. Right. Yep. Yeah, you have to keep that relationship. Yeah, absolutely. That's something something I've learned in marriage. It's like, you know, you can get mad at each other and you might take a break sometimes, but you always come back to each other because you still have that commitment. Yeah. It's the same thing. We love each other. Mm-hmm. Okay. So big question. What were your thoughts on abortion before getting pregnant? And did that affect or ch- challenge your beliefs on the issue? Did you consider abortion at all during that time? Yeah, that's, that's a really good question. <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry. Um, Yes. So um, I was raised in a very, very Christian home. So obviously we were very, very pro-life, anti-abortion. And yeah, so that's always just been drilled into me. Mm -hmm. And I'm really thankful that my parents had conversations with me about it. We'd talk about like why it's a terrible thing and why abortion is never okay. Like even if you're pregnant out of wedlock, abortion is never the right option because it's still a human Mm -hmm. life begins at conception. So I'm really thankful that um, that my parents, just for lack of a better word, my parents drilled it into me, really. But um, they drilled it in, so to speak, in a way that um, that it really is my belief, and I still believe that. Um, my my little sister was adopted from um, foster care, but uh, I remember. I mean, this is a slight rabbit trail, but uh, when my parents were applying to become foster parents, we prayed for whatever child we were going to get placed with. And I remember we prayed against abortion and we found out later that her birth parents had considered aborting her, but they chose not to. 
Um, and I believe that was for, because of our prayer. So that it's a very personal thing for me. Mm -hmm. um, so when we got pregnant, I mean, I had, I had access to all of it cause we were living outside Seattle and, um, Washington's a very pro-abortion state. So it was legal. I'm sure I could have found more than one clinic that would have done it. And, um, I'll tell you what, I wanted one. I certainly did. I wanted to do, I wanted to just do anything. I wanted an abortion or I wanted to, I, I had suicidal thoughts for a while, just something to end what was going on. Um, but I couldn't just because I knew, I knew what abortion was. I knew what the procedure looked like and I knew what it did, that it actually ripped the child apart. And I knew it was a life. So, um, and that was the conclusion that Isaac and I came to. It was just like, we wish we could change things, but regardless, it's, it's Toby's life. Toby's my son's name. We hadn't named him yet, but um, my, my conclusion was, it's his life. It's not mine. The choice is not mine. Excuse me. <coughs> yeah, so because it was his life, maybe my body, but it was his life. And I don't get the choice of whether or not someone else lives or dies. Mm -hmm. And I think a reason that um, we have abortions, I think a reason we have abortions is because we have the option to kill something while it's small and helpless. You can't see their face. You can't hear their voice. You don't get to meet their personality. So you can convince yourself it's not human. But really, you're just trying to get rid of it before they're born, and you can see they're a real human. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, my stance on abortion has not changed, but I have had the opportunity to prove that <laughs> and live that out and really um, prove that I believe that life begins at conception. Yeah. Wow. That's so powerful. Like, I mean, you know where, you know me, I am like kind of right in the, thick of all things yeah, you are. <laughs> abortion when it comes to politics and advocacy and like like I'm like right in the middle of it but to hear a to hear a story and over the last few months I'll be honest in saying that I have heard several stories from personal close friends that are Christians that are saying you know I can see I've had one person tell me, I can see why someone would choose abortion. Oh, yeah, I can too. <laughs> but but that's right. Exactly. And yeah. stories like yours are what are needed, not just, not just in, the, in secular culture, but in church culture. Because there is, there, I mean, in church, uh, you know, everybody, for the most part, um, even especially in evangelical churches, pro-life, that is just, you know, but nobody talks about why are we pro-life? So say a pregnant, a pregnant woman comes up to us and says, you know, I'm looking at getting an abortion because dot, dot, dot. Mm -hmm. I think most of the time the automatic answer is to say, no, that's a child. That's, you know, that's not your life. And it's absolutely true. It is, it is another life. It, is its own their own unique person but 
I think we sometimes fall short of listening mm. to why do you want to do this? What is making you want to look at choosing this? Mm-hmm. And I think that listening is such a powerful thing. Listening without judgment, listening to understand so that we can, so that we're better understanding the issue, but so that we can help the mom or the dad, the mom and the dad, whatever, whatever the case is, mm-hmm. choose life and tell them, you know what, I, I'm, I know you're going through this, but let's, let's see if we can work this out so that you're not taking your child's life, you know? Yeah. There are so many wonderful options. There are so many wonderful groups, organizations, and um, programs out there to help women. Yeah, and- I, think, I think Planned Parenthood tries to tell women that abortion's the only option. Or um, I've heard a lot of women say that they don't want to give their child up for adoption because they don't know what would happen to them and they think it would just be setting them up for a terrible life. Yeah. But my answer to that is, well, I think they deserve a chance regardless. I think they should decide if they want that or not. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's, it's, yeah. it's easy to make a choice when someone else literally cannot make that choice for themselves at that point. Mm-hmm. But I mean, statistics show that women who do go through an abortion lifetime of s- severe mental health issues mm. because of that, not just, not just the physical trauma that happened to, to them and to their child, but there are a lot of um, like just hormonal things that happen to a woman when they're when they have an abortion. Yeah. And, uh, that the issue, the things that happen with the, their hormones and everything, it literally messes with their physiology. And I don't think women really understand that because. I mean, oh, uh, it's easy to write it off as a physical procedure. Yeah. But (laughs) nobody, you know, nobody accounts for the mental. Yeah. Literally, basically mental procedure that's going to happen to them after that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, from my perspective, I think whether you get an abortion or not, it's still a very emotional experience (laughs) that impacts you. I mean, either way, it's, I don't think you can go through childbirth or an abortion and still come out the same person. Yeah. I don't think it's possible. But I wonder if, um, I mean, many churches say they're um, pro-life, anti-abortion, but also I think some women, if they're pregnant out of wedlock, they may feel like they're stuck between a rock and a hard place because a lot of what they feel from churches is shame. Yes. Shame that they're not married or that they made the wrong choice or, you know, or maybe they were raped and they're pregnant because of that. I know that's a reason a lot of women want to get abortions or that's, you know, a reason. And 
again, I understand that, but what you're saying is, I agree with you that we need to come alongside and offer them like practical help and a listening ear more than anything and showing that like you are loved and your baby is loved no matter what. And we want to do whatever it needs to help you. Yes. And we want to know what you need to, I think. I think everyone needs that. Yeah. It's easy to throw stuff to literally and figuratively throw stuff at somebody, but you know, sometimes it is a matter of what do you need? Not what can I, not what can I do? What can I, can we do? But what do you need? How can we help you? Like, I think we lack that personal touch. Mm. Yeah. Because oftentimes we're fighting the, um, the pro-choice movement as a movement. Yes people a lot of really hurt people a lot of the time yeah absolutely so one final question yeah what advice would you give to a young married christian lady who is going through a similar situation what are things you wish you would have been told Hmm. um well i would tell her i'm so sorry (laughs) Like my friend told me, um, that means a lot. And it it doesn't do a whole lot physically to help, but it it does help emotionally. Um, I would tell her, you're going to be okay. Um, I won't say it's easy, but in some ways it'll be better than you're thinking it will be. And you can do this. You've got this. It will be okay. and I would say too, don't don't let motherhood change who you are. Like it doesn't mean you have to change. I think that's something that I worried about a lot when I was pregnant. I was just worried that I was going to lose myself. I wasn't going to get to be Rachel anymore. I wasn't going to get to do the things that I love. Um, and some of the some of the things I like to do are harder to do now, like like travel. Um, but we still make it happen. We still make it work. Um, I'm still every bit Rachel as I've always been. That hasn't changed. Um, and I think I would tell her, take some time to grieve. It's okay to be sad for however long you need to be sad. It's okay to be angry. It's okay to get away by yourself. I mean, in fact, we moved halfway across the country before we had our son, which I don't know if I'd recommend this, but for me, I just needed to be away from everyone that I knew for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone knew us and they, or they thought they did, or they thought they knew what we wanted and they didn't. Um, so again, I wouldn't recommend moving halfway across the country to everyone, but, um, but that was something that I think we needed for us specifically. We just needed kind of, of a fresh start and we're still in touch with our friends and our family um but have a support group do what you need to do to process i journaled a lot i talked to some of my close mentors um and just surround yourself with encouragement or whatever it is that makes you feel happy or joyful or peaceful i think all of those things um but yeah i think the main thing is just letting her know that it's okay to mourn like Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with that, and you didn't do anything wrong. And 
just because no one else understands this or you're not having a normal response to a pregnancy that other Christian married women might, that doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. Mm-hmm. But, um, but you're going to be okay. That's what I would tell her. I love that. Well, thank you so much for doing this. I, I'm so glad. I mean, I've known parts of your story um, this whole time, but um, I learned a lot from you too that I didn't know. And it's helped, it's helped, it helps me. It's helped me um, learn to be a better listener that sometimes that's all that's needed, but it's helped, it's really helped me understand more because it's different when, you know, advocating for something, but not having actually been through it. So your story has helped me even just understand a little bit better. Um, everything unintended pregnancy I don't like saying unplanned um and uh all those things (laughs) I like thinking unintended because while it was unintended for you God knew it was gonna happen yeah I don't like yeah I just unintended is a more accurate I think description of a pregnancy that happens when you don't want to happen. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, definitely. Because people can, some people have unplanned pregnancies that they're excited about. Yes. Too. Those are like the surprise ones. Yeah. Yeah, I think we need to just make sure that we keep, like the pregnancy issue, we need to remember that we include the women and the mothers in it too, whatever their stance is on it, because they're the heart of the issue. The heart of the yeah. issue is the hearts of the women. And they need to know that if they don't want a pregnancy or even if they're considering an abortion, that doesn't make them a terrible person. It just means they're hurting and they need, they need to be cared for just like, just like anyone with any other kind of health issue. It's the same thing. We just, everyone needs to be cared for. Yeah. Okay. Well, right on. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Kristen. This has been fun. Well, guys, I did promise that some of the episodes were going to be on some heavy subjects, and this definitely was one of them. But I do want to say that if you are in a situation currently where you are facing an unexpected, unplanned pregnancy and you're scared and you don't know what to do, I would love it if you reached out to me, whether it's sending an email or sending a private message on social media. I would love to help connect you with some of the amazing organizations that are out there to help women facing unintended, unplanned pregnancies.
Well, guys, we have made it through another episode. 